Welcome to Ready to March, the podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. You alright? No. You? No. <laughs> well, we're still struck down. Well, kind of recovering. Yes. Following on from last week's episode where I touched some wood and hoped I wouldn't get infected. <laughs> I'm now infected. But on the way sorry. out. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. The only bonus has been we've not actually missed anything gig wise. No, we've this not missed time. any gigs. No, we didn't have anything in, did we? No, we're pretty much actual clear now. We just don't really sound it. <laughs> Don't sound it and still feel a bit shitty, but... Yeah, as you do, if you've had it, you know, it lingers. Yeah. Anywho, shall we crack on with the news? Let's do it. So, first one I've got, first mm-hmm. one, first thing. Blaze Bailey has sadly had a heart attack in his home. I think it was last week now. Obviously, his tour dates for later in the year have been cancelled, but just wanted to wish him well. Yeah. So, first thing for me is that... Basically, my wet dream of a gig stroke festival has been announced. You've got Friday night of Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden, Saturday night of ACDC and Ozzy Osbourne, and a Sunday night of Metallica and Tool. And it's just, it's the greatest thing on earth for me. That's just heaven. And this is a festival in, well, I say it's a festival, it's kind of like two bands each day. And... It's called Power Trip, and it's an American one, obviously, because it seems all the best ones are at the moment. The prices, though, are pretty fucking steep. To put it politely. Yeah. So if you want the cheapest ticket, that is $600, which for those six bands, you can kind of see. I, I thought it might have been close to around eight, 900 Well, you say that, it's 600 plus fees. Yeah. And we know who will be selling the tickets yeah. for that, so you can imagine it probably will end up at least 800 Yeah, so, well, taking it on the base price, because we don't know what the fees mm. are, so $600 is the cheapest option, but then that goes all the way up to about three grand. Yeah. Depending on what you want to do, that's kind of like a VIP pit experience. But the VIP pit experience, although you're going to be closer, you're stood all day, and there are seating options available. Yeah, I thought that the kind of reserve seating option started at about 1800 basic. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, it's it's interesting as to kind of like what you your preferred option is. I mean, personally, I'd probably go for the seated option just because you've got extra extra things with it. So you've got access to different areas and different vendors. And I'm just a bit curious what kind of setup it is as well, if you've got seated options. Anyway, is it like a stadium or is it like an amphitheatre? Yeah, um, it, it does make you wonder. Is it just kind of like dumb somewhere, almost desert-like, where they can just kind of put in seats? You know, kind of like, you know, the removable ones? I don't know, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? And also, interesting, you mentioned Ozzy. His, yeah. His who's... Um, retirement didn't last too long. Yeah, it lasted about two months, didn't it? I can it? say a couple of months, I think. Yeah, standard. Shannon's but, but wheeled to, him out. To be fair, he did say that he wasn't, he was still hoping to do kind of things like residencies and things in the US yeah. where he didn't have to travel too much. It was kind of touring in the literal sense, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, just a couple more festival bits from me then. 
As we said last week, Devil Driver and Nonpoint had to pull out of Bloodstock this year. So the replacements have been announced. So replacing Devil Driver is a bath. A bath. A bath. Their first time back in the UK since about 2011, I think. So that should be good. And then Bosk have been moved up the bill on the Sophie stage and being brought in as an addition lower down are Pest Control. Be interesting to see if there's any more pullouts of Bloodstock because there was quite a lot last year. Mm, yeah, I suspect there probably will be. It just happens these days, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, unfortunately. And then finally, some shenanigans that I've seen in various news places from Notfest in Australia. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Australians are mental. They are. So I think the first one was the guy who was climbing up the sound tower during Slipknot set, which they eventually paused to force him to climb back down again. Yeah, yeah, they made a huge announcement, didn't they? Basically, they stopped the band and said, get down or there's going to be no show. What I didn't get was why the fuck they left him up there for nine songs before they stopped the show. At what point did somebody realise? There's plenty of footage of it. They must have known. And then I don't know whether his movements got more precarious or something, perhaps. But Yeah. Like we spoke about this before, but like, how does that happen? Well, similarly, although this weirdly doesn't seem to be in the news anymore, but I saw before this Slipknot episode, Slipknot incident. Slipknot. Before the Slipknot incident, I saw that a fan had got on stage during Parkway Drive set. Yeah, I think it. No, it was weird. I saw it and then I just forgot about it. Didn't think any more about it, and then saw a clip of it earlier today on TikTok. And I googled it just to try and get a bit more info about it, and I can't find anything. You sure you didn't dream this? No, because there is actual footage on TikTok, and I've saved it, so I can show it you after. Okay. But um, yeah, actual Winston from Parkway had to kind of wrangle the guy back because he was standing at the front of the stage where pyros could have gone off at any minute. Because obviously, I assume it's pre-programmed, yeah. isn't it? And they use a lot of pyro if you've ever seen Parkway. So him and then security did drag him back as well. But how did they get on stage to start with? Yeah, you you can't see that happening in the UK ever. Although the footage I did see, and it's it's only a tiny, tiny clip, he did look like he was coming from the back of the stage. So whether it was someone who got Perhaps in... had a backstage pass. Yeah, and... I don't really know anymore. That's Like I say, you Google it and it's like it doesn't exist. So I mean, that's a weird one. Yeah, I mean, the security is that tight in the UK that um, they even tried throwing the lead singer of Anthrax back into the crowd. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. The download, so yeah, God knows. Something else I spotted as well from Notfest was Gory Taylor wearing a bucket hat. As if there aren't enough bucket hats in the crowd. Yeah. Bucket twats. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they should be called. Yeah, it was an interesting look. You remember when Slipknot had their really scary first masks and their boiler suits on and now they're wearing something that looks more like pyjamas and Curry's in a bucket hat. The softening of Slipknot. Yeah, absolutely. I think they were the main things I've spotted anyway happening. So, okay. Quite a short news week this week. Right, album review time, and this week is the new album from August Burns Red, and it's called Death Below. Their 10th studio album. Yeah, 12 tracks long, I think this is. It's about 53 minutes. Roughly, yeah. We'll crack off. Cough, that's a place in Poland. We won't go there, we'll just crack on. Yeah. So track one, Premonition, is a melodic opener, I guess, a melodic yeah. introduction. Yeah, so it's a good combo of kind of melody and heavy vocals once it gets going. Yeah, really strong opener, I thought. 
Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting as well. It's quite poetic. It's almost spoken word, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than singing and just kind of builds up hauntingly straight into the first track. Mm. Or yeah. the first full track, the first, rather. Yeah. Which is full. It's eight minutes, nearly. Yeah, so it's track two is the cleansing. And I'm with you on that. I don't think it needs to be eight minutes. It's one of those that we've said about other albums recently. It could almost be maybe two tracks. Yeah, I mean, five and a half minutes, and I thought that would have been the perfect finish to it. I don't think it needed an extra two minutes. Um, I mean, there are some really good points to it, though, like the brutal vocals in this, mm. and some really powerful kind of clean guitar solos. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the chorus is, you know, really, really catchy. And it's probably my favourite track on the album, I think. Yeah, I do really like it. I don't know if it's my favourite, but it's a good one. Yeah, I've pretty much thought everything you've already said about it, really. But yeah, it kind of fades out softer a couple of times that you think mm. it's done and then it yeah. kicks back in. And it's nice that it does, but does it need to? Yeah, that that is the, the problem I've got with it. Yeah, track three is Ancestry. Featuring Jesse Leach. Featuring Jesse Leach from Killswitch, yeah. yeah. Now, this is one of my favourites. I thought it had a really frantic guitar intro, but then a really nice, clean chorus, and I just think their vocals blend really well together. Yeah, I felt this was a lot... felt heavier as mm. well, actually. You know, yeah. with, with two sets of vocalists on it, it just kind of... And everything around it just made it feel heavier. Like I said, the chorus were quite clean, but everything around it had really kind of contrasting heaviness to it and really punchy blares. <laughs> punchy blares? Yeah. Okay. Track four is Tightrope. It's another guest on this one, which is Jason Richardson. Uh, from All That Remains? Yes. Yeah, for, for anybody who wasn't Sorry, sure. Yeah, I didn't think to say that. Yeah, another Blast Beat Chugfest with some awesome solos. Yeah, it blends nicely into this one, actually, mm. from the last track. And again, and with Jason on this one, it offers kind of a different dynamic. Mm. And one that they've not had on the you know the other tracks is is something again it's a very different kind of style and it really starts to feel fast and heavy and just kind of like it's really going to kick mm. off at any point yeah yeah i thought it was really kind of aggressive and relentless but in a good way yeah obviously yeah and then we move on to track five which is fool's gold in the bear trap this was another of my favorites okay yeah, I thought this was an interesting kind of midpoint track because it's got a very light sort of melodic slow pace to it. It's just guttural screams all the way through. Yeah, it builds up really melodically Yeah, up to about a minute and a half, I think. Yeah. And then really kicks in. And that's it's like having your hair stroked and then being kicked in the nose. <laughs> Fair enough. Taking inspiration from some of your analogies. <laughs> Quite bleak as well, I thought, at times, but I like yeah. that. Um, track six is Backfire. This is another aggressive one, really. I thought the chorus was almost a bit power metal as well with this. Yeah, I thought this was sludgy. Mm. Gnarly was what I got. <laughs> sludgy and gnarly. Yeah, it, it sets kind of quite mm. a dark, moody atmosphere to this one. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I just thought the guitar and the drums and the pace of it just had almost like a sludge kind of mm. sound to it. Yeah. Uh, again, a very different tempo to the other stuff. I agree with that. Track eight, no. Track seven. Track seven is Revival. And I, I mean, I thought this was just a brutal onslaught. And it's it's actually quite a good reminder of sort of how August Burns Red started and where they got to. Mm. It sounded a lot like their older stuff. 
and I think this is going to be a favourite in the pits. It just feels mm. like this is going to be one that gets everybody going. Yeah, I can see that. I thought it had a really good drum intro, and yeah, just really furious on the guitar, but then there's some atmospheric sections yeah. kind of interweaved in as well. And then track eight, Sev- is it Sevink? Can I read my writing? I think so. Sevink, couldn't tell if it's an R or a V there. Sevink. This was an instrumental interlude, which we're also seeing quite a bit of these days. I thought it was a nice piece of music, but I'm not sure if it fits in. I thought it was quite a good break in it, mm. uh, but it reminded me of Nails. What did it? A lot of that sort of sound to me. Uh, that that was kind of the, the first thing I thought of when I heard it. Mm. And it, you, I think you're right, it does seem out of place a little. I don't know if it needs it or whether they're think- just trying to break it up as different sections. Was it the In Flames album that did something similar on it? I feel I like can't it was. Remember. There's something recently we yeah. spoke about that did. But yeah, so it's, it is a nice piece of music, but... Yeah. Track nine is Dark Divide. And kind of after that Nin-style opening for me, it picks straight back up again, but almost had like a 90s retro feel on kind of guitar and rhythm. Um, th- this was actually one of my favourites off the album, to be honest. Really, really like this one. Yeah, I thought it was quite thrashy. At times, and there's some hints of kind of death metal in there as well, and some really cool riff. I really like the solo as it fades out as well on this one. Yeah. Number 10 is Deadbolt. I thought this was a slower, more chuggy one, quite haunted on the melody. Yeah. This, I'd love to see this live. Mm. I think this would be amazing live. And I think it's going to be definitely, it's definitely going to be a favourite, a fan's favourite, and especially live as well. So, yeah. And because, you know, there's kind of plenty of sing-along sections to this that I think people would really get into. Mm. Track 11 is The Abyss. Again, this kind of bleeds in from the last track again, which they've done a lot through this album. And it's another exercise in kind of building atmosphere. Yeah. It's a little slower paced, a little slower paced. Not sure if the drum stops working it, though, for me. Mm. You know, you know, kind of like the the drum beat at the yeah. beginning, especially the sudden kind of breaks in drums, and mm. yeah, it, I don't know, something about it just didn't sit right for me. But the, it does pick up back up again properly, mm. kind of like at the midpoint. But yeah, the, there was something about the drums I just didn't like okay. in this one. Got similar to you, really, an atmospheric kind of dark intro, and kind of then kicks in slow and heavy, and then just really kicks in furiously. Yeah, quite chuggy, and then some atmospheric. It's almost like cycling through. And it's another one with a guest on. Yeah, Spencer Chamberlain. No, that's no. Track. JTKV. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes us into the last track, which is number 12, The Reckoning, which features Spencer Chamberlain from Under Oath. Uh, I thought this was actually a really great closing track. Mm. And it's probably got some of the best vocal pieces through it. Yeah, I thought, again, it worked really well vocally on this one. I thought it was an epic finish. Yeah, guitar mm. through this is absolutely solid. Uh, and there's a killer bass line to it as well, Yeah, which I really liked. Yeah, just loads of different breakdowns in this one. It just kicks in from the beginning and it's just relentless to the end. Yeah, so, so I mean, the whole thing as an album, it's been finally good to review something that I have actually enjoyed because I've, yeah. I've had a couple of real shitters <laughs> just recently. Yeah. Yeah, one thing you mentioned actually as well where you're saying that the songs kind of flow into each other. I thought they really blended into each other to the point where if I wasn't looking at the track list... Yeah, you wouldn't know. I didn't know it changed tracks. <laughs> I had to keep going, oh, we've gone on to another song now. Yeah. It really just flows it does through catch you out, pretty yeah. seamlessly, I think. Yeah, it, it's really good at doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that about it. Uh, so I suppose scores out of 10. I gave it an 8. 
I was going to say seven and a half. Oh. Yeah. I, I think it's a really great album, but there's there's a couple of bits I wasn't sure on. Okay. And that's the only reason I kind of yeah. s- scored it down a little. Yeah. But it, it, it was good to listen to something decent. Yes. Right, the main event this week then, as you will have gathered from the title, is the band Placebo. Yeah, band we've both been into from the first album. Yeah, we decided on this one because we've been thinking anyway as one of our kind of main segment ideas was like band focus. Yeah. That kind of thing, bands that we both love so we can rank albums, etc. And we thought, well, Placebo are a download, so we kind of tied yeah, in with that really. So. Yeah, it makes sense. We have mentioned them few times before on the podcast and things like do you remember the first time i think yeah and love at first fright love at first fright yeah but generally that was kind of it right was, at the beginning it was just right at the beginning of yeah podcast and also the beginning of placebo i guess that we were yeah. referring to whereas we're looking at the whole spectrum of their back catalog yeah so what we are gonna do is we've both gone away and ranked their eight studio albums one to eight yeah so we're not including the covers album any greatest hits, uh, all the B-sides. I think we've done a couple of B-side albums. No, I think possibly just mention the covers album towards the end, some tracks off there we've picked out. And within each album, just say which tracks we like yeah. best. And maybe mention a few of the times we've seen them. Yeah. So all things placebo. So what are we doing then? Are we going to say who, we, who we've called number eight? Who we've called no, I eight? thought we'd do that at the end. Okay. Let's let's have a quick discussion about each album. Okay. And the songs off it, and then we rank it. Yeah, I've just realised I never actually finished ranking mine. <laughs> oh. Pause. So first one then, obviously, is the self-titled album from 1996. Yeah. Won't bore you all again with my story of how I got this when I had Tom Spiders. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I'm not going to give any wrong hints away, but this is one of my my favourite albums. Uh, it's got such a lo-fi sound to it. Mm. Um, you know, almost a, an indie sound. Yeah, I would lump it in with an indie sound, because that was the the thing at the time, really, wasn't it? The whole kind of Britpop era. Yeah. Of, the, I know they weren't Britpop, but it kind of was of the time. It was, yeah. Mm. It's very reflective of the time. And what I love about it, there's no mass overproduction on it. It's a very raw kind of sound to it, which you don't usually get as a first album anymore. No, that's true. Five awesome singles that came with it, and every other track, I think, is really good as well. Yeah, there's not a bad track on this for me. Um, For me, there's four kind of standout songs on it, and I'm I'm guessing they're going to be very similar to yours. So Teenage Angst. Yeah, of course. (laughs) 36 Degrees. Yep. Which is actually my favourite one on this album. Yeah. Possibly one of my favourite of all time. Uh, Nancy Boy. Obviously. And I Know. Yeah. Yeah. They they were the, they were the four kind of standout ones for me, and they're already yeah. they're on your list as well. Yeah. Also, Bionic and Lady of the Flowers as well. I think that one's underrated. Okay. As I, said, yeah. I don't often like the slower tracks as much, but that one. I'm glad you me. said that because I'm not a massive fan of placebo slower ones. No. So when I kind of go through each album, most my favourites are the singles because they tend to be the faster, the faster more upbeat ones. ones. Yeah. This one got two number five in the UK album chart. Yeah, it was huge when it this was. came out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching them on Top of the Pops. Wow. 
Back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Shall we move on to the second album? Yeah, so this is Without You I'm Nothing. Yeah, released in 98, two years after the first one. And this has actually got, well, with the album, it's got quite a fatter guitar sound to it from the first one. Everything was kind of turned up on this. Mm. Yeah, it's like they um, turned it up to 11 on this one, I guess. Yeah. And I'd just like to say it's a pain in the arse to find on Spotify. Yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it? Yeah. If you search through Placebo's discography, this doesn't exist. And we were sat next to each other and I was going, I know it came out in 98 and I can't fucking find it. Where is it? Yeah, the only thing that came up chronologically was the B-Sides album. So I think someone's just coded it wrongly on Spotify. It looks like it. So you actually have to search for Without You, I'm Nothing. Yeah. And then flick to the albums. And yeah, it's actually with this, the album is a lot slower than I remember. Which, it's been a while since I've mm. listened to it, but it is a lot slower than from what I, my first kind of like recollections of it. Yeah, I was, there was quite a lot of tracks I'd forgotten about on this one, because like you said, it's a long time since I've listened to this one. Yeah. Again, it had five singles. I wonder if I've got the five singles on, because I've got five favourites on here. Come on then. Okay, so I've got, I know at least two of them were. Mm. And it, just to um, also say, yeah. There are two songs on here, and they are my top two all-time placebo songs on this album. Really? Yeah, number one and number two. So my favourites on this are Pure Morning. That was a Which single. was a single. I remember yeah. the video. And that's my second favourite placebo song of all time. Okay, that's interesting. You Don't Care About Us. Yeah, that's one of my favourites. Yeah, was that a single? That was a single, yeah. Allergic? No, it wasn't a single. Ah, Every You, Every Me, that which was a single. Was a single. And it was off yeah. Cruel Intentions? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favourites as well, off yeah. this album. And that that is my favourite placebo mm. song of all time. I'm Scared of Girls. That's not a single, but I wrote that down as a favourite ah. in addition. The other singles were the title track, Without yeah. Nothing, which had David Bowie in the video. Okay. You remember I don't. That? I don't remember the video. I don't actually remember it, but apparently Bowie was in it. And Burger Queen. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. I also made a note of Brick Shit House. I yeah, like I do like Brick yeah. Shit House, yeah. I, I think actually what made it harder for me through all of these was finding what not to write down yeah. that I love so much. Same, if you can see my scribbles, <laughs> there are a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I had so many going through my head. It's like, oh, I love this, I love this, but I can't write every single fucking track down. <laughs> I had the exact same problem. Although I have to say, with you saying about Pure Morning, I feel like that is one of those that I think is overplayed now it's their teen spirit it's their teen spirit their <laughs> yeah. sweet child of mine for me it's just a bit i well i like it because i i mean i don't really watch music video channels much and so when i listen to it the chances are it's because it's come on randomly in like this playlist i've got that's over 180 hours of music so the chances of me hearing it often mm. are slim yeah it's not as played as much as those other tracks that i've mentioned from other bands but yeah it's just a yeah. bit I know what you mean, though, yeah. Mm. And that one got to number seven in the UK chart, the full-on UK album chart. Moving on, then, we have Black Market Music from the year 2000. Yeah, and I played this fucking album to death. Same, I got this for Christmas that year. I think it came out around October time, from what I remember. I can't remember. Um, Four singles in the UK off this one. That's interesting. Four, four singles, and I've actually got nine songs on this. And I think it's something like a 13-track album. And my third favourite all-time placebo song is on there. 
one of my all-time favourites on this one. I don't know if I've picked out an all-time, all-time favourite, because I just... I picked couldn't. out a top three Have because you? I yeah. could, yeah. I've got six wrote down. Oh, okay. no, five noted, actually, as favourites. Yeah. Go on, give me a list and I'll tell you if I've got them. Of singles or my favourites? Oh, no, your favourites. Favourites. Slave to the Wage. Yes, that's the one on this album that really stands out yeah. for me, yeah. Special K. Yeah. Black Eyed. Yeah. Spite and Malice. Yeah. And Commercial for Levi. Yeah, all of those. <laughs> I've also got Tasting Men. Yeah. Days Before You Came. Yeah. Uh, Blue American. Yes, that is a good one. And Hemoglobin. I do like Hemoglobin, actually. So I've got a lot yeah. of favourites on this. But despite having loads of great tracks, I feel like this is there with teeth. Oh, okay. It's like the other albums have been very kind of, not structured, but mm. they kind of had a point and a purpose. Yeah. And I feel like this is like Nine Inch Nails is with teeth because there's a lot of standout tracks, but it's just a collection of tracks. Yeah. <laughs> if you, I if you know what I mean, yeah. yeah. Um I will also say on Spite and Malice, that rap sounds so fucking cringy now. <laughs> yeah. I still like it, though, in a weird kind of way. <laughs> it's, it, it just feels like it's a greatest hits album, this, without being a greatest hits album. Mm. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean, I think. Yeah. And that got to number six in the UK album chart. So, you know, the you offer any band a top ten album. That's insane, isn't oh, it? Yeah. They got three in a row. Mm-hmm. Sleeping with Ghosts is next. That was 2003. And this has got some awesome tracks on it. Again, four singles. I've got four tracks from it, so they're probably the singles. Go on, then you read yours out first this time. English Summer Rain. That was a single. Which was my favourite on this album. The Bitter End. Yeah, that's one of my favourite all-time ever oh. favourite ones. It was that single? That was, yeah. Uh, Plasticine. Was not a single, but I have it wrote down as a favourite track. And Special Needs. Was a single and also a favourite of mine. Okay, so what's the other one I'm missing from yours? Um, I've got This Picture, Mm -hmm. which was also a single, and Protect Me From What I Want. That is a good song. That is a good song, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this album's, I think it's much kind of richer and Mm. it's more bass-driven than any of the other stuff they've done before. And it feels a lot darker too mm. compared to some of the others, especially after kind of black market music. Yeah. That one got to number 11 in oh, the UK charts. Oh, just missed out. So just numbers. missed out, yeah. Oh. And yeah, it's not the lowest placed one. Okay. Yeah. Moving on then, we have Meds Next from 2006. Mm-hmm. Again, four singles from this one. I've wrote loads down from this one as favourites. I tried to, yeah, I tried to be a bit a bit neater and do five on this. I think I've got nine. Jeez. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, because I've circled all the singles as well. Ah, okay. Well, one of the things about this, I think this is actually what the most mature album they'd released at this point. It mm. felt like a grown-up album. Yeah. And I completely forgot the Michael Stipes on it as well. Yes, I had as well. And as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. I remember, I remember this. I know, it's weird how you forget completely obvious facts. Yeah. When you don't listen to something for a while. Go on, give me your nine. My nine? Okay. So I'll start with the singles, um, Because I Want You. Okay, yeah. Song to Say Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Infrared. I've got that one. That's another of my all-time favourites, I think. Meds. I've got that one. Drag. Mm-hmm. 
Piero the Clown. I've got that one. That's my favourite off this album. Space Monkey. Yeah. Post Blue. I've got that one. Follow the Cops Back Home. Mm. I've also got Broken Promise. Oh. So between us, we've pretty much got the album. We just love the album, clearly. And this one got to number seven in the UK chart, so we're back in the top ten. So back in the top ten. Yes. Battle for the Sun, 2009. I remember when this first came out, I didn't really like it. I think of like the first couple of tracks and I was like, I'm not sure about this, but know. listening to it again, it's there's a, a lot more a, on it that really I like. Album, yeah. I know. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, yeah. I've got one issue with it and I think it might be the reason you don't like it. Mm. Why is there so much fucking xylophone on it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be what it is. I think it would <laughs> just... Pling, plong, pling, plong. Yeah. Does anyone from Nottingham remember Xylophone Man? It's like he's haunting this album. <laughs> It's, yeah, that's the bit, I, I just don't know why that fucking thing's on yeah. there, it just makes no sense. Yeah, I think that is quite possibly why, at the time, I think I was just quite yeah. fickle about it, and I just thought, no. I mean, that aside, I think this is probably their most rounded album overall. Really? Yeah, I, it's, I think it just showcases a lot of things that they could do. Instead yeah. of just kind of like delivering in certain areas to be that fair, they've done yeah, on different albums. Very diverse sound-wise, I think. Yeah. And I just think it, it kind of like shows all the experience that they gained through God knows how many years of playing mm. together. Well, yeah, because at this point they were... 13, 13 14 years 14, in? Yeah. I mean, they started in 94, didn't they? So Yeah, but in terms of like album release, I guess. Yeah, it's... I mean, album number six, you're going to have a bit of an idea what you're doing. You, yeah, you kind of get it, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, I've got six songs off this that I really like. I've got five, and there were four singles on this one. Okay. I've got Ashtray Heart. Yep, same. Battle for the Sun. I haven't. Oh. Yeah, there was something about that that I just did not like, and I think that's one of the reasons that put me off the album as a whole. For what it's worth? Yes, I love that one. The Never Ending Why? That was a single, but it's not one of my favourites. Oh. Breathe Underwater. Not got that one down. And Kings of Medicine, which no. I think is my favourite on there. Oh, okay. Now I've got Bright Lights, mm. which is one of my favourites on this album, and Kitty Litter. I looked at God, did I do like Kitty Litter. That is, <laughs> there's a quote. <laughs> there's a quote, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then I've got Speaking Tongues as well. Yes. Okay. And this one got to number eight in the UK charts. Still in the top ten. Yes. Then the next one is Loud Like Love. I'm glad you said that, because I just wrote LLL and I couldn't remember what the three <laughs> words were. Yeah, so album number seven, 2013, so probably longest break between albums. Yeah, four-year gap. Yeah. And it feels like the most reflective album for me, this. Yes, that's a good description, actually. Again, it's one that didn't really gel with me straight away. Yeah, it's not my favourite. But there are some really good tracks on it. Listening yeah. back again, it's one I've not listened to for a long time, probably since it came out. Feels kind of like, for me, it's just a little bit too radio friendly. Mm. And it's almost like they've given up on what they were trying to do. And you know, the sound that everybody loved. Yeah. And um, interestingly, this was their last album as a three piece. Yeah. I mean, they had, had various switches in and out. There was only, there's only been two members. Yeah. Who have remained consistent through, well, yeah. through their inception. Mm. But yeah, drummers have changed, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. But- so I've got four songs on this that I really like. So have I. Ooh, go on then. Too Many Friends. Yep. The title track. Yep. 
which three words is it? Loud like love. That's the one. <laughs> Exit wounds. Yeah, I've not got that. Oh, yeah. Oh. And Bosco. I've not got that. Oh, what else have you got then? Scene of the crime. I do like that one, yeah. And Purify. Purify is oh. my favourite, I yeah. think, on that one. Okay. And that, this is actually their lowest placed chart wise in terms of the UK album chart. I got to number 13. Interesting that the one that I think sounds the most radio friendly is actually the worst performing album. Mm, yeah. And then we've got the final full studio album. Yeah, and the most recent one, which actually saying it was the biggest gap between albums, obviously. No, this was, this was huge. It this was, was huge. This was like nine years, so 2022. Yeah, I was really excited when this came yeah. out, to be honest. Never Let Me Go. Obviously, in between times, they had the 20-year anniversary compilation. Yeah. And a multitude of B-side albums, because they've got some awesome B-sides. Mm. We won't go into those now. Yeah, I've only got three tracks on this one that I liked. I've, I've never really... Clicked with it. Yeah. I remember trying really hard when it first got released because, like you, I was really excited that there was a new placebo and I was just a bit... "Mm." I think... I mean, this is the most electronic album. Yeah. And it feels very Depeche Mode kind of influenced. And obviously they're down to a two-piece at this point, so they haven't got a a formal drummer, if you will. Yeah. I mean, and even with the Depeche Mode stuff, like you say, Mm. it being a two-piece now, I don't feel like it loses or detracts from any of that kind of classical, familiar sound that they've got. No, I mean, obviously, Brian's got a very unique vocal anyway, yeah, so yeah. whatever he sings, it's going to be. It's going to sound like Brian Monk, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to sound like one of those that's like, oh, they've changed their direction, I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah. And to be fair, I've not heard any of this stuff live, whereas everything else I have, so... Yeah, that's true. I'd be interested to see how it comes across live, assuming that they play somewhere down there. Yeah, I think they would. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I've got four favourites on this. So did you say you've got three? I've got three. Give me your three, then. Beautiful James. Okay, I did consider that one. I've not got it. Okay. That was a single. Um, Try Better Next Time, which was also a single. I've got that one. And Hugs. I've got that one, too. Although I don't like the fact it's with a Z. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other two I've got are Forever Chemicals and Happy Birthday in the Sky. And Happy Birthday in the Sky is my favourite on this album. Yeah, that was a good one, actually. Interestingly, this is actually their highest placed album in the UK album charts. Oh, it's is got it? to number three. Is that because of the gap between I was going to say, albums? is it the People gap like between us albums? People like want just wanting this album. And obviously... Final is now a big thing, which I don't think it kind of was from the last album. So people are buying different formats. Well, was true, there a special yeah. edition vinyl? I can't remember. There probably was. Mm. So that's probably why. Yeah, it could well be. Ah, okay. Well, we need to do the the rankings now, don't we? I guess we do then. Okay, so we've got eight albums. So what did you mark as? I'm assuming we're going eight down to one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's generally the way I'd do it. Yeah, I just wanted to check that we weren't going at odds. Okay, so my number eight mm-hmm. is Black Market Music. Oh, my number eight is Never Let Me Go. Ooh. Number seven... LLL. Loud Like Love. That's the one. Is what I've got at number seven. Oh. We're supposed to do like a high five if we get a match. <laughs> yeah. Like snap. Well, I feel like we need some beers. So oh, we, 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 should have, we, should, we should have had shots. Or a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. Like Brian. Okay. Number six. I've got Battle for the Sun. Same. Ooh. It's worth pointing out we've not told each other what we've no. got, so we don't know what each other's rankings are. I definitely feel like there's some kind of drinking game in this. For the there next, is, yeah. The next band-focused episode. 
Um, number five, I've got Black Market Music. I've got Never Let Me Go. Ah. So we've already got three of the same each. Yeah. And one of the albums is basically switched with another. So we've oh, well, got... two of the same albums, but two and then two have switched. So the final four have got potential to be the same. The right? same four. Yeah. Okay, go out with your number four then. My number four is Sleeping With Ghosts. My number four is Without You I'm Nothing. Ooh. My number three is Sleeping With Ghosts. My number three is Meds. Oh. My number two is Placebo. My number two is Meds. Which means we've got a completely different number one. Completely different top four. Completely different top four. Could have yeah. done it like any other way around, could we? My number one, then, is Without You I'm Nothing. My number one is self-titled, Placebo. Ooh. Well, I think we need to put it out there, and we'll maybe put our rankings, and then you can tell us which ones are better. That's an idea. Yeah, we'll do something along those lines. <laughs> do something along we? those lines, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting that we both got the same top four, but we didn't have them in the same order. Yeah. Not even one. That <laughs> was quite funny, actually. Yeah, I mean... There's also the B-side stuff and the covers that we kind of touched on that we mm. were just not doing in this because there are so many. Yeah, I mean, some of the B-sides, because I bought some of the singles from the first album as well, so I was familiar with those B-sides, but all the rest I've not listened to for a long, long time. Covers-wise, just to mention a few of those, it's a bit of a mixed bag, that album, isn't it? It's from 2003. I think it's fucking terrible. Really? Yeah. I, there, is, there is one song on there that I really like, I've and that's it. I've got five that I like. Oh, uh, what's it going to be? Big Mouth Strikes again? Yeah, that was one of the singles from either Nancy Boy or Breeze Pristine. Yeah, Running Up That Hill. I really like that version. <laughs> yeah. And it was the last song we saw them play live last time we saw them, so a bit of sentiment in uh, that one. What's the last track? Is it called Jane? I don't know that one as well. can't remember it. Uh, what are the other ones you like on there? Where Is My Mind? Oh, that was the other one. Yeah, it's the Pixies cover, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Hate that. Really? Yeah, I love the Pixies cover. I, lo- I love the Pixies yeah. version. I remember them when I saw them in about 2008 or nine. I think. They played that live. I think they finished with it and it came across really well live. I think the problem I've got with it and all of the covers is that when I, when I hear a cover, I want it to be done their way. Mm. Whereas I feel like these are just a replica of what the originals are. They are very, yeah. Part of me thinks, well, why did you What's do it? What's the point? But yeah. anyway... 20th Century Boy, I think that's an all right one. Yeah, but again, he, he there's parts where he sounds like Mark Baldwin anyway. True. So it doesn't yeah. really it doesn't really do anything. Fair enough. And we've got to give a mention to Daddy Cool because that's just so which fucking is, random. Which is the only one I like, but it sounds different to what the it original does. sounds like. I remember the first time I heard it, I hated it, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, but, but it's I, grown on me. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. In a humorous kind of way. I quite <laughs> like it. Live-wise, I think I've seen them four times so far. I've seen them at least three, I think. There may be more. Mm. Um, I genuinely just can't remember, but I know it's at least three. Mm. So download will be at least four. Yeah, I've definitely seen them once in Rock City, possibly twice. That's the one I can't remember. Yeah, I've seen them twice in Rock City. Mm. Uh, Leeds Arena. Yeah, which was the last time we saw them. Which was the last time we saw them. the 20-year anniversary tour. And I saw them in Nottingham Arena, which I think was about 08 or 09. Yeah. And I was supposed to see them in 1999. I can't remember if I've told this tale before at V99 Festival, if anyone remembers V-Fest. I can't remember this. 
You're not? No. Yeah, there was supposed no, to be. No, I remember the festival. Yeah. But I mean, I don't remember you. There was supposed to be on the main stage, either sub headline or sub sub headline. And, mm. and Brian wasn't very well, and they pulled out last minute and got replaced by Cooler Shaker. <laughs> no, I don't mind Cooler Shaker, but it's not a placebo replacement. No, and bearing in mind, they were one of the bands that I really, really, really wanted to see because I'd not seen them at that point. I was quite upset. Yeah, I imagine you were. Although I did get to see James Brown that day as well, <laughs> which is really random. <laughs> Did he feel good? I believe so. <laughs> anyway, that was a little aside of the times that didn't happen, yeah. I guess. And yeah, hopefully seeing them at Downloads. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I'll, they'll definitely kind of be one of the bands that I'm really mm. up for watching. So yeah. we'll probably end up watching that together. I imagine we will, yeah. Well, say that, you never know. You never know, do you? (laughs) Two other bits I was just going to say. First one is, just re-listening to the albums again over the last couple of days has made me appreciate more what an awesome lyricist Brian is. Mm. You know, sometimes you don't realise, you just listen to the music and it kind of washes over you. Yeah, I I know what you mean. The same thing happened to me with Black Sabbath for years. Mm. And it's not until you hear different versions of the songs that you go, actually, shit, these are really good lyrics. I think because I was listening through headphones as well the last couple of days as well, you really get more emphasis on it, it don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Brian for that. And also just how scary it is that we saw them on their 20-year anniversary and that was over six years ago now. Oh, Christ, They're nearly on their 30-year anniversary. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Um, I think that's all we've got to say. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Ready to Mosh Cast. And we're also on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok at Ready to Mosh. So give us a like, share, follow, uh, five stars on whichever platform you're listening to. Leave us a nice review. I would. Make it stop, move.